Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Uh, this, today's Bible, Bible reading comes from Genesis uh, chapter 39, verses 1 to 5. Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favour in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. Thanks for doing the reading. Good morning. My name's Barry and I'm one of the team here and I'm normally campus pastor at Taramara and uh, have a couple of days a week down here looking after some operational and executive stuff as well. But if I haven't met you before, g'day. And uh, it's really good to see uh, Rod and Gay Cuthbertson, who I was at their church uh, down in Sutherland Shire 25 years ago. And that makes me and them feel old. That was a while ago. But uh, will you pray with me before we dive into the message today? Let's pray. Father, thanks for this time that we've been able to gather to worship you. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. And I would ask that somehow, in some way, You would use the words that I speak today to speak to us, Lord, that you would speak to us, that we would have ears to hear what you were wanting to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, yesterday we had a little barbecue up at the local IGA to raise some funds for the Hornsby Kurungai Chase uh, Women's Shelter. And uh, we had a meeting. uh, I met with Tina, our children's and youth uh, families pastor up at... uh, up at Taramara, we had a meeting on Thursday and we had, we had it all sorted out. Uh, the, the, the shop was going to provide the, the sausages and the onions, but then we found out late Friday, Friday afternoon, Friday evening, that the, the, the onions weren't going to be provided. Had a chat to Tina about it and we weren't sure who was going to provide the onions for the sausage sizzle, you know. It wasn't a bunning sausage sizzle with the onions on the floor. It wasn't one of them. Um, but it was, you know, and so what happened was uh, the next morning I thought, oh, we haven't got the sauce, we haven't got the onions. So I rang a guy called Morris and said, Morris, can you go get some onions? So we went and got some onions, and then, but they were frozen. So he rang me and said, can I get some fresh ones? I said, yeah, sure, but you'll have to cut them all up. So cut up two kilograms of onions. Five minutes later, Tina rings and says, I've got some onions. I've already bought them, uh, already organised. They're ready to go. Uh, so we get those. Morris gets his. Then we get to the shop, and all of a sudden, five kilogram bag of onions was provided by the local shop. And so we had nine kilograms of onions. We had more onions than we needed and uh, for this sausage sizzle. We used three loaves of bread and from three loaves of bread and some sausages and nine kilograms of onions, we raised just over $200 for the uh, local women's shelter. But the reason I share that story is because this was an exercise in good leadership. It was so well organised. It just, anyway, it wasn't really, but anyway... Um, Today we're in this series inspired by, and we're inspired by Joseph today. This isn't the story of the Joseph who 
you know, betrothed to Mary. It's not that Joseph. We're looking at the Old Testament Joseph from Genesis uh, chapter 36 all the way through to 50. Uh, We're going to cover 14 chapters of the Bible. Are you ready? We're going to go verse by verse this morning. No, we're not really. Um, but, uh, but we're going to cover 14 chapters. But, but during the week, the other thing that we're working on is this family munchies and movies night. And we're going to watch a movie called The Star in a couple of weeks' time. And this is a, an opportunity for grandparents to invite your grandchildren. It's an opportunity for families to gather together. I'm in charge of the lolly bar. I have to buy the lollies this week, get all the lollies. We're going to have a lolly bar. We're going to have popcorn. We're going to have milkshakes. The youth group kids are going to make the milkshakes. And we're going to watch the movie The Star. So this is a, a great event coming up uh, in two Saturdays' time. But I've had fun working with Cherise and Tina just in planning this event. And my prayer is that we don't end up with nine kilograms of onions <laughs> at the lolly bar, which we don't really need on that particular day. But... Um, Today, I want us to dive in to the story of Joseph. Um, and the reason I share this story is because I pray that this will be a great event and that we'll see good leadership in practice and that it'll actually come about without uh, all those extra onions. But I want to, for, for each of us here today, I don't know your journey. I don't know what's going on in your life up until this point, but I know that God knows. And I don't know what's going on in your family at the moment, but I know that God knows. And I'm not sure what's happening in your work situation or if you're retired, what's happening. I know a little bit about some of you and some of the things that are going on, but I pray that through this message today, you will be able to see the life lessons and the leadership lessons in the story of Joseph and you might be able to apply them to your own life to your own family, to your own work situation, to the team that you're involved in or to your ministry or to whatever you're involved in. And I believe there's some gold in this story that we can learn from and apply today. So let's look at this story of Joseph. Who was Joseph? Joseph was the 11th son, 11th son of Jacob, except he was also the first son of his mum, Rachel. How does that work? Well, Jacob had two wives and between those two wives, he had eight sons and each of the wives had a maidservant and back in the day, it was okay for Jacob to be with the maidservant and he and they each had two sons each. So Joseph is one of 12 boys in a family where there's four mums and one dad. Sound familiar? It's funny, a, few, a, a, a couple of years ago I was reading through the Old Testament and I went, Old Testament, current ministry. Old Testament. I was actually living in the Old Testament in some of the ministry situations that I was involved in and caring for people. The blended family mix, a whole heap of situations. I thought, wow, things haven't changed. It's quite amazing that there's a, there's a richness and a depth in the Old Testament That speaks to so many uh, life situations today and uh, that we're going to just dive into the passage today. I haven't got a lot of personal illustrations except for the onion story and and, and, but but I want us to get some gold from this passage uh, as we look at uh, the story of, of, of Joseph. Joseph was a dreamer. When he was 17 years old, he was a shepherd boy, a dreamer and uh, one of the things that he did 
uh, was when he had dreams, he, t- he would tell his brothers. So he had a dream. One of the dreams, and some of, some of us will know this story, but he, he had a dream and he was out binding the sheaves of wheat and his sheaf of wheat stood up and all his brother's sheaves of wheat bowed down to his sheave of wheat. Really weird dream. Then he, had, then he told his brothers about it and they didn't like him very much for saying that, you know, are you going to rule over us? Are you going to be in charge of us? And, you know, they they didn't like it. Then he had another dream. And in this dream, the sun and the moon and 11 stars bowed down to Joseph. They didn't like that either. This was a a way of, you know, saying mum and dad and all all my brothers, they're all going to bow down to me one day. And he told this dream. And when he shared his dream, no one bowed down to him. His father rebuked him. He gave him a hard time and, and his brothers were jealous. And what did they do? They threw him into a pit threw him into a well and while he's in this well, he's wondering what's going to happen next and then the brothers sell him for some silver to the Ishmaelites and the Ishmaelites then take him down to Egypt. This is a journey of about five or 6,000 miles. It's a long, long way from, from Canaan to Egypt and uh, Joseph ends up in Egypt where he's sold as a slave to Potiphar and Potiphar becomes his master and, and Potiphar had a responsible job. He was captain of the guard uh, in, Pharaoh's, in, in Pharaoh's kingdom. And then I just want to, thanks for doing that reading. I just want to pick up from verse 2 and let's have a look at this passage again. So, scripture says, The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favour in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. You see, one of the things that we see in this passage is that God was at work in Joseph's life even though everything had gone south in some ways. God was at work in Joseph's life, even though it looked like everything wasn't working out the way that Joseph had dreamed of and had hoped for. And today, this is going to be a little bit of a different message to what we may have heard before. Today, I actually want to look at what are some leadership lessons that we can learn. And you might be going, this isn't a leadership conference. Yeah, you're right. But every one of us is called to be salt and light. And what does salt and light do? Salt and light influences everything around it. And every one of us is called in some way to be a leader. And whether whether you're a leader by title or whether you just, the fact is you're called to have influence. And that's what leadership is. And there's something that Potiphar did. And there's something that we learn about leadership from these Egyptian leaders in the way that they treated Joseph. And that is this, they empowered him. And that's what leadership is. Leadership is empowering people to follow. Now, we often don't think that the words um, uh, uh, leadership is about empowering people. Have we got the pickies? We do. I love the pictures. How good is that? Leadership is about empowering people to follow. Now, we, we, you know, leadership is about that. And, and Potiphar empowered Joseph and we see this pattern in the, in the others and God gave success to what happened. 
So there's a, there's a leadership lesson for us today, and that is this. Leadership is empowering people with clear responsibility so that they can add value to people. That's what leadership is, empowering people with clear responsibility so they can successfully add value to people. And Potiphar did this with Joseph. Potiphar was very clear with Joseph. Here's what I want you to do. I entrust to you the care of my whole household. That's what you're responsible for, Joseph. You're also accountable for that. And I give you authority to make all kinds of decisions in order for you to look after my household in the fields and in the home. And uh, what did Joseph do? You know, Joseph could have been a young 17-year-old boy. He could have been just miserable. He's a slave. But Joseph instead chose to serve Potiphar with excellence. He gave his best. He, he worked hard for Potiphar and he served with excellence, even in this situation where he's a long, long, long way from his dad and from his brothers and from his family and from his mum. And I don't know where you're at today, but some of you might be feeling very lonely in your situation. And I would encourage you, no matter how lonely you are or what's going on in your heart and life, serve and work your best. Serve with excellence. Honour those in leadership above you. Honour them. And in doing so, God is with you and will give you success. Genesis 39 verse 20 to 23 says this, While Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favour in the eyes of the prison. How did he end up in prison? Well, we know what happened. His Potiphar's wife falsely accused Joseph of adultery and Joseph ends up in prison. That's where Potiphar puts him uh, in the very own prison that he's a guard over. So the Lord was with him. He showed kindness, granted him favour, even in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden, what did the warden do? The warden puts Joseph in charge. Of, of, the, of what's going on, of all those held in the prison. And Joseph was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to what Joseph was doing because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. And here's what happens. Joseph again experiences the leadership that the Egyptians exercise, which is an empowering leadership. Um, now, in this prison, for some reason, for whatever reason, there's two guys in the prison that Joseph's sharing his cell with. One of them is the, the, but, it's the butcher, the baker and the candlestick maker. Is that right? Oh, no, no, no. Wrong story. Okay. No, it's not the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. It's the butcher and the cupbearer. No, it's not the butcher. No, it's the baker. That's right. It's the baker. So there's the baker, the, the, the Pharaoh's very own personal bread maker. And the cupbearer, the cupbearer's role was to drink the wine before the king did so that if the wine wasn't very tasty and the, and, and the cupbearer didn't like it, then the king wouldn't. But not only that, the cupbearer also tasted the wine and if he dropped dead, then the king wouldn't drink it. All right, that's the role of the cupbearer. It's a very trusted role but a very risky role. And so what ends up happening, these two guys, the, the, for whatever reason they're in prison, they have a dream and each of their dreams, Joseph interprets the dreams of the, of the baker and the cupbearer. And then what happens is the baker loses his head, but the cupbearer gets restored to serving in the king's service. But, he, but Joseph says, I want you to remember that I've done this for you, but he forgets. And then one day, a couple of years later, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, has this dream. It's a bizarre dream. Now I grew up on a farm 
and I know about wheat and I know about cows and I know about crops. But here's what happens. These, the, in this dream that the king has, there's seven thin heads of grain and they eat. And now I've never seen grain eat wheat. Has anyone here ever seen that? No, no, no. But what, what happens is these seven thin heads of grain eat the seven fat heads of grain and then seven thin cows eat, never seen this before, eat the seven fat cows. It's a bizarre dream. No wonder Pharaoh's wondering what's going on. No wonder the king doesn't know what's going on. And he says, to, can anyone tell me the meaning of the dream? And no one can tell. And then the cupbearer remembers, oh, I know a guy, he's in prison. Oh, I forgot about him two years ago. Um, oh, he'll be able to tell you the meaning of the dream. So they get Joseph in and Joseph comes up and the king tells him the dream. And Joseph says, ah, I know what's going on here. And Joseph interprets the dreams and he says, there's going to be seven full years of harvest in the land of Egypt. But then there's going to be seven years of drought, seven years of famine. And here's what the king does. Pharaoh says to Joseph, you shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. What's the king doing? The king of Egypt is a leader who empowers people to follow. And what he does, because he understands that leadership is about empowering people with clear responsibilities so that they can add value to people. That's the first lesson of leadership that we learn from this story of Joseph. But there's another lesson of leadership that we're going to learn soon. But before we do, I just want to say something to each of us, and that is this. If you're a leader at work or a leader in your family, if you're a leader in a ministry, I would say this, empower each member of your team with clear responsibilities, with clear authority and with clear accountability. And in doing that, you will have more of the blessing of God in your life, in your family and in your team and in your workplace because you're doing exactly what the Egyptian leaders did and God was with those who had that clarity. The second lesson we learn is this. Leadership is about being wide and it's about being deep. Now, some leaders are visionary. They can share a picture of the future that produces passion in people and people want to follow. An example of this would be many years ago, uh, a guy called Martin Luther King dreamed of a day when boys and girls, no matter the colour of their sin, the, oh, the colour of their sin, the colour of their skin, that they would, they would, they would you know, love one another and care for each other. And, and there's lots of people who share a vision, a picture of the future that produces passion in people. But it takes an organisational leader to make sure that they can actually get it done. They know the how to, the what, the what that needs to be done in order to get it done. And Joseph is a classic example of someone who is both wide, he can see the big picture, but he also is deep. He knows how to get it, get the job done. And so this is that next leadership lesson. Leadership is seeing the big picture, the wide vision, and it's diving down deep into the details to make to take responsibility to get that job done, to get the big picture reality happen. And that's the detail strategy. And Joseph models this in his leadership in this story uh, uh, with, with Pharaoh's dreams. 
Joseph is wide. See, it is who, who gives God the ability? Who, who, who is it that gives Joseph the ability? It's God. God gives Joseph the ability to see what the meaning of Pharaoh's dream means. Seven years of harvest, seven years of drought. Joseph, God has revealed to Joseph the vision, the big picture of what's ahead for the nation of Egypt. But not only that, um, we, and we see that in this passage. Let's have a look at it in Genesis 41. It says, God has shown Pharaoh what he's about to do. Because he has the two dreams, remember. Seven years of great abundance and then there's going to be seven years of famine. Then all the abundance in Egypt is going to be forgotten. And the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered because the famine that follows will be so severe. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God and God will do it soon. Have you ever had a week or a day in which a Bible verse has, been, has come across your path twice in the one day or twice in the one week? You ever had that? Some of you are nodding your heads. That's a coincidence, isn't it? Uh-uh. That's God. Whenever you have something happen like that within a week or, you know, a, a short period of time when, when God is trying to get your attention with a particular Bible passage or a scripture, you know, it might be on forgiveness or it might be on um, love or it might be on patience or it might be on something like when When that's happening, guess what? God is getting your attention. God is speaking. That's the time to pay attention because, whoa, whoa, God is, God is speaking. He's revealing his plan and his desires and his will for us. And Joseph knows this because you've got to remember who else had two dreams within a short period of time? Joseph did. And in Pharaoh's case, Joseph could see that it was going to happen very soon. In Joseph's case, it hadn't happened yet. The dream hadn't become a reality for him yet. But then we see the deep part of Joseph's leadership. Joseph, and I love this, this is some of the most, these are really interesting verses. I think these are some of the cutest verses of the Bible. I don't normally use that word, cute. But let's have a look at it. Genesis 41, 33 to 36. Joseph says, And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man who just might happen to be in the room. And put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. So in other words, what Joseph's saying is you're going to have seven years, but make sure you put 20% of all your income aside for the tough years that are coming. That's what he's saying. How's that for a business plan? But he says this, let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land, take a fifth. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. The food should be held in reserve for the country. It's a biblical principle and pattern to have reserves in your family, in your work, in your team, emotional reserves, financial reserves, relational reserves. Use the good times to build up your reserves. That's the lesson here because tough times are going to come. There's going to be hardship. There's going to be drought. There's going to be famine. But use the good years as an opportunity to build up the reserves. 
This food should be held in the reserve to be used during the seven years of famine that will come on Egypt. You see, here's the thing I love about Joseph. You see, it, anyone can point out the problems. It takes a leader to provide a solution. And Joseph can see the problem coming, but it takes a leader to come up with a solution. And Joseph does that. He comes up with a solution, a practical, very practical solution to the problem of, the, of, of what's going to happen in Egypt. He says to the king, you need to put someone in charge of this project. You need to make sure that they have a team of leaders under them and a team of leaders that will work together. And Joseph understands that it's going to take a vision and a realistic strategic plan in order for this vision to become a reality, in order to save the lives of Egypt. It, that's what it's going to take. And what do we need to save lives? We need God-given insight. <clears throat> we need that wide vision, that big picture, and we need to dive down deep into the detail. Now, I want to share, I want to share something for free today. I mean, oh, it's all free. Um, but I want to share this little, little, little thing that I think is very helpful. For a, tam- for a family or a team or a nation to, to be successful and to do well, uh, I think these three things need to be thought through. In any team, every person must have responsibility and, and in any family, I'm not saying you write it down, but, but, but this is what, often where you see dysfunction and disharmony, it's because one of these three things isn't working out right. So if someone is given responsibility and they're held accountable for it, but they don't have the authority to make decisions to help them do the things that they're responsible for and accountable for, we have a situation where for them and for the organisation or the team or the family, things are going to be unfruitful but everything's going to be safe. But if you get a situation where a person and the people, all the people are given responsibility and authority but there's no accountability, what you end up with is potentially something that's fruitful but very unsafe. But if, however, we get a balance where every person knows what their responsibility is, what authority they have and who they're accountable to and what they're accountable for, then you have the opportunity for things to be very fruitful and for for everything to be very safe. And I share that with you because I've found this so helpful in my 25 years of ministry and, and, and in, in my family and even just knowing how do we make things work and who's got the decision-making authority and who's accountable and who's responsible. And that all ties in with the onion story somehow. <laughs> leadership is about being deep and wide. And then finally, I just want to wrap it up with this and that's this. Leadership is about both dreaming and it's about contentment. Do you have a God-given dream that hasn't been fulfilled yet? Well, here's the good news. God isn't finished with you yet. If you're still breathing, and I think you are, then God isn't finished with you yet. Don't let go of the dream. Joseph didn't let go. Hang in there. As a 17-year-old man, Joseph could have been a poster boy for the Society of Dreamers. He had his head in the clouds. He was always dreaming dreams and telling people about it and he was mocked for it. 
told his brothers they hated him. He'd have another dream. He'd tell them again they hated him even more. And when Joseph came towards them, they would say, here comes that dreamer. And they weren't saying that as a term of endearment. But then a few years later, Joseph could have also been the poster boy for discontentment. I mean, his brothers have sold him. He's been thrown into a pit. He's now in a prison and he could have been a grumpy young man. He could have been. He could have been a grumpy young man, but he wasn't. Even in the prison cell, he served with excellence because he knew that God is bigger than his circumstances. He knew that God hadn't left him. God hadn't abandoned him, even though the situation didn't look that great. He knew that God was still in control. He knew that. He made the best of the situation in which he found himself. And here's the thing I want to share. This is a leadership lesson. Leadership never loses sight of the God-given dream for a better future while choosing to excel in difficult circumstances. That's what leadership is. And I said in the team this week, we had a little bit of a sharing time. Andrew led us in our final, Andrew Renucci led us in our final little team meeting, devotion, and we read from... Galatians chapter 5, 22, 23, about the fruit of the Spirit. And, uh, you know, as a team, remember we just shared, what, what was the word that spoke to you? My word was self-control. And I shared with the ministry team, I said, you know what, the hardest person, the person that I have the most struggle with in leading in this church is me. You know, the hardest person that I have to lead every day Me. And sometimes with this whole leadership thing, sometimes we lose sight of the God-given goal, the God-given vision, the God-given picture of the future that is preferred and better. And what we need to do in those circumstances, we've got to recognise we serve God. And, 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 you know, the hardest person to lead is always going to be me. And I think the person that you will find the hardest person to lead is the person sitting in your seat right now. That's right, isn't it? That's the truth of the matter. The hardest person to lead, and that's to do with emotions and relationships and all the stuff that's going on in our head and in our heart and in our soul. The hardest person to lead is ourself. But leadership never loses sight of the God-given dream. And that's the choice Joseph made and we know that from his story. He ended up becoming the Prime Minister of Egypt. Would you believe it? I think it's interesting when Joseph realised, was finally released from prison when he heard the dreams of the king and, uh, and he understood and interpreted the king's dream and began to serve in the king's dream, something amazing happened. Seven years of harvest happened and two years into the famine, Joseph gets some visitors all the way from the land of Canaan. Ten of his brothers come and they go to the person because they're in drought. The drought, this is a widespread drought, people. This is, you know, five or six thousand mile (laughs) drought, big drought. And when what happens is they come to Joseph to get food and what do they do? They bow down. Some other stuff happens and they have to go and get his 
other brother Benjamin and then all of a sudden 11 brothers come and 11 brothers come and when they get to see Joseph, what do they do? They, they bow down. And Joseph is very emotional at this point because he remembers a dream that he had one day many, many, many years earlier. And it's not about him being worshipped. That's not what the dream's about. He knew that the dream was a God-given dream and that God had a purpose and it was something to do with wheat. And Joseph realises and, so, and he's just so wrecked in his, in his gut and he's just so emotional about this dream that now is becoming a reality. The dream is coming true. And as the dream comes true for him, uh, for in his life, he the Bible says that he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. And Joseph then, at this time, the brothers don't even know who Joseph is. And then Joseph says, I am Joseph, he says. I am Joseph. Is my dad still alive, he says. Isn't that interesting? He didn't say, I am Joseph and you mongrels put me here. I am Joseph. How's my dad? How's my dad? You see, Joseph is a, is a, is a guy with a soft heart, a pure heart. And his brothers were not able to answer him because they were, they were scared something less. They were scared. They were terrified. And Genesis 45, 48, we're going to wrap it up very soon. Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. I am your brother Joseph. He has to say it again. The one that you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed. Do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because guess what? It was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, listen to Joseph's perspective. Get this, this is so important. Joseph says this, So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. Now, I don't know what's happened in your life. I've, you know, I've been visiting and pastorally caring for a stack of people at Taramara and I've been in people's homes and had coffees and I'm, I've heard a lot of pain, heard a lot of pain. And I don't want to make light of any of the pain that you've gone through or what's happened in your life and I've pretty much heard just about all the pain that you could hear. But I would say this, Joseph went through a lot of pain. But do you know what he could see beyond the pain? He could see that somehow God was at work in him and through him, and he knew that ultimately God's got it. He's ultimately in control. Leadership never loses sight of the God-given dream for a better future. That's leadership. While being content to excel in difficult circumstances. Next slide, thanks. Let's wrap this up. Joseph's father dies. What do you think he's going to do? The brothers think, oh, goodness me, we're going. Well, here's what happens. His brothers then came, threw themselves down before him again, say, we are your slaves. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? 
You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what's now being done, the saving of many lives. Don't be afraid, he says. I'm going to provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. I love this about Joseph because Joseph teaches us and shows us how we are to respond when stuff doesn't go our way and even in the midst of horrible stuff happening to us, Joseph teaches us how to respond. It's the same way Jesus responded, isn't it? Jesus was loved by his father, not as the favourite. He was the one and only son. And Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver into the hands of the religious authorities of the day. And Jesus was accused of doing things that he never even did. And yet he gave his life on the cross for us. And he did it not just for a period to save people through seven years of famine, seven years of harvest and seven years of drought. He did it to save people for eternity. That's the Jesus we come and we worship and we love and we, we celebrate. And in communion, as we share in communion right now, we remember and we love our Jesus who gave his life on the cross for us. Will you pray with me as we prepare for communion? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the story of Joseph and we thank you for all the lessons in his story And I pray, Jesus, that you would help us to be like him, help us to forgive like he did. Thank you, Jesus, that you forgive us, that you don't hold our sin against us. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness. We thank you for the story of Joseph in all that we've been able to learn. Help us to be better leaders for you and for your kingdom. Help us to put this message into practice in our life, in our family, in our work, in our team, in our ministry, in our nation. And God, we would ask that you would raise us up as a body of believers to be more and more involved in the rescuing and saving of lives. Thank you for the many things that you've done in the past. Thank you for what you're doing in the present. And God, we pray for what you will do in the future. Help us to be available and to be Joseph-type people. Lord Jesus, as we eat this bread and as we drink this cup, we do want to say thank you for all of your sacrifice for us. And thank you, Jesus, that you rose from the dead and you're alive now and that you are with us wherever we go and wherever we are. Thank you that you're with us now in this moment as we eat the bread and drink the cup, we offer ourselves afresh to you. Thank you. Amen. For more info and all the latest Northside news and events, visit northsidechurch.org.au or download our app today.